0: Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one poignant page of Talmud each day. Usually on this podcast, we try to take a snippet of the daily page of Talmud and relate it to our own modern lives because the Talmud truly is the greatest self-help book ever written and because it has something to say about pretty much any and every human situation. But today... With Kama 96, we want to do something a little bit different. Today, we want to take a bit of the duff and just show you its beauty and its reasoning and its humanity and its genius in great detail and in slow motion. We call it Slow Jam the Todd. Music, please. There was a certain man who robbed another of a pair of oxen. He then went and plowed his field with them and sowed seeds with them and eventually returned them to their owner. The robbery victim came before of Nachman to claim payment from the robber. Groovy! That shouldn't be too much of a problem. Because just a few pages ago, we learned that the rule is that if you steal something, you have to pay according to the stolen item's value at the time when it was stolen. This makes a world of sense. If you steal a young ox, say, and then return it years later when it is old and no longer able to plow the field, you don't get to say, hey man, here's your ox back, but I shouldn't really pay you any compensation because look, this ox is old and no longer could plow the field. Instead, you pay according to the ox's value when you took it. So far, so good enter rav nachman rav nachman said to the robbery victim and the robber go estimate the amount by which the value of the land was enhanced during the time that the pair of oxen was in the possession of the robber and the robber must pay that amount rava listens to this and he's puzzled rava said to rav nachman did the oxen alone enhance the value of the land did the land not become enhanced in and of itself? Perhaps not all of the enhanced value of the land was due to the labor performed by the oxen. Rav Nachman said, did I say that they should estimate and give him all of the enhanced value? I said only half. Rava said to him, ultimately, it is a stolen item and is returned as it was at the time of the robbery, as we learned in a Mishnah. All robbers pay according to the value of the stolen item at the time of the robbery, Why should the robber also pay the owner half of the value of the enhancement? I mean, Rava is right. It was the field that increased in value, not the oxen. So why should the robber pay back any of the value of field that was enhanced? I mean, sure, the oxen were sort of instrumental in doing the work necessary to improve the field, but does that give us permission to ignore the principle that you pay back according to the value of the item you stole at the time that you stole it? If not, it's simple. The thief had only to pay for the value of the oxen when he took them, which was way before they did any work and improved that field. The end. Your move, Rav Nachman. Rav Nachman said to Rava, Didn't I tell you that when I am sitting in judgment, do not say anything to me, i.e., do not question or comment upon my rulings? An indication that my rulings should not be questioned is as our friend Huna has said about me that King Shapur and I are brothers with regard to monetary laws, i.e., with regard to monetary laws, my opinion is equal to that of Shmuel. This man is an experienced robber, and I wish to penalize him. Therefore, I compelled him to pay the enhanced value, although by right, he is not obligated to do so. What's going on here? First, Rav Nachman gets mad. Hey, Rava, he says. Don't you ever bug me again when I'm sitting in judgment. Really? Isn't that exactly the opposite of the wonderful Talmudic spirit of constantly arguing, endlessly questioning everything, anything, everyone? It is. So Avnachman explains himself by invoking the name of the Persian king Shapur, a beloved monarch and reformer who is a friend of the Jews, particularly of the great teacher Shmuel. In monetary matters, Rav Nachman explains, I rule just as Shmuel rules. So I'm not telling you, Rava, to stay out of this because I feel slighted or attacked. I'm merely explaining to you that I'm keeping with tradition here, that I am keeping in line with my wise elders. It's a really nice touch. But then comes the grand finale, the part where Nachman really explains himself and tells us what's going on. The general rule, he says, is all good and well. But the man before me in this particular case is a well-known robber, the sort of dude who does this kind of stuff all the time. And by making him pay for half the value of the field as well as for the oxen he stole, I was trying to teach him a lesson. I was adjusting the general principle, Rav Nachman concludes, to exert justice in this one specific particular case, an act of insight, mindfulness, and tremendous empathy because that really is what justice is. Not a series of hard and fast rules you can't ever bend or touch, but a series of considerations and contemplations and guiding principles that urge you to look at each individual case and make decisions accordingly. May we all merit just such justice, and may we all always remember to slow down and sweat the small stuff.